up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement. We are broadcasting this week from New Realm Brewing Company in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm Tim Dennis. And I'm Brian Hewitt. As you might have guessed from our location, we're talking with New Realm Brewing Company this week. CEO and co-founder Kerry Falcone and COO Brewmaster and co-founder Mitch Steele are here with us. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Hey, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Tim, how was your week? You know, I had a good week. There was a lot going on. There was lots of beer to be consumed out there. I uh, went uh, last weekend to Cherry Street. So I went down there. They had their Modern Hops one-year anniversary. And oh, yeah. uh, they were launching Old Nation's M43 into the market. Bunches of cans of M43 around. So I drank a couple of those. Have you ever had that before, Tim? I've had that once or 11 times. Okay. So I've drank a few of those. Also enjoyed uh, Cherry Street had their Dame Beer on Cedar, which I thought was really good. And we had some Hardy Woods left over when, from when they were on the show. So we sure. popped a couple of those bottles. We got into, I think it was Hopkeeper and their Peach Triple. And then at Ironmonger, they had a Blood Orange Quench, which is a Pilsner. They've added Blood Orange Puree to, which was very refreshing and tasty. So I got into all of those. It was a good time. So for me, uh, well, I think for both of us, but we wound up going over to Variants to get a little right. preview of the barrel-aged Good Smorning. It's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout brewed with lactose, s'mores, coffee beans, and Ghana cacao. And it was delightful. I don't think I've had the original out of a bourbon barrel, but I'm not sure I'd want to have it any other way now that I've had it with the bourbon. It was, you, oh, out of is in, not in. Yes. As a, opposed a, to out of a barrel. It, well, I want it out of a barrel, but I've never had it without the barrel. That's, you, let me just okay. say that. Yeah. So there was a couple of other things. We got the luxury fiber. We got some splody with blueberries, strawberries, and rhubarb. And uh, a first night monster IPA, which is new and actually very popular over there. It was a, it was a good time. I had a lot of good beers there. Also, uh, when I was over at Cherry Street, I had their Half a Brain Pina, Pina Colada Style Shake IPA. That was uh, that's that's a, a mouthful. That's a lot yeah. to say for it's a just, beer, There's man. too much. Jeez. There's just too much in that, in that uh, name. And also, Unlimited Arts Zero IBU IPA, which I had to bring up because we have Mitch Steele here and Zero IBU. I'm zero told IBUs, that doesn't yeah. exist, that that's a misnomer. What? Yeah. Right. Zero IBUs is not possible there. So I thought it was tongue-in-cheek, but I looked it untapped, and it actually says no IBUs. So, so Yeah, no hops in the brew house, no IBUs. None at all, right? There you go. So, yeah, I guess it's – I'm assuming they're talking about they're not doing any boil additions, some later dry hopping, and they consider that a zero IBU. But you're still going to get some bitterness out of that, Not right? if you don't add them in the, in the hot side, if, okay. in, the, in the kettle or the whirlpool. No, so if no. they go through the whole brew house process without hops, zero IBUs. That's, that is possible. Yeah. Okay, there was a big discussion online a couple yeah. of weeks ago that it's not possible, even if they're all... Actually, know. yeah, the IBU measurement's pretty imprecise, so okay. there might be something from some other component that carries through and gotcha. gives you measurable IBU. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And I had heard that uh, alcohol can isomerize some of the alpha acids, potentially, but I guess there'd have to be a lot of them. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. that's beyond my science knowledge. Yeah, that's so. just a rumor that was going around in the locker room. Yeah. So, um. Carrie, Mitch, you guys get into any interesting beers this week? Yeah, actually, I haven't been out and about much this week. I, uh, I I've been here. We we had you mentioned the folks from uh, 
from Hardywood. They were here right. uh, okay. Tuesday yeah. night, and we we hung out for quite a while. So that was that was a really nice evening. So. Yeah, that's uh, cool, guys. We had a really good time chatting with them. Yeah, so they're good, a lot of fun. good folks. I I knew them. I got to know them back when Stone was building the brewery in Richmond. So okay, uh, they, they treated us really well when we were coming back to Richmond all the time. Very cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Carrie, we've been here all week working. So that's it. Working. Drinking a lot of Mitch's beers this week. <laughs> okay, that happens, right? Yeah, I imagine, especially as the way things are here, a lot of brewers, I hear they don't get a chance to to get out and explore other beers quite as much as they'd like to. So uh, never as much as you want to, but right. uh, we do, we do make the effort. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you got these beers here. You yeah. have beer. There's no shortage of beer, right? No or, doubt about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, Tim, I think it's time for truck and taps beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the truck and tap beer of the week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. You know, we've got a lot of great beers to go through this week because we are at New Realm Brewing, and they have plenty on tap for us. I'm actually enjoying the Hoptropolis right now. And, uh, Brian, you have Peter Danklage. Peter right? Danklage. I had to get Absolutely. it because of the name. <laughs> and, Carrie, I see a couple other here looking really good for us. Uh, what are we going to get into a little later here? We'll talk a little bit about Hoptropolis. And we'll talk a little bit about Golden Gold, two new beers that have been doing really well on site. And we're just starting to take them out into distribution. United's getting a hold of them. And we're going to be officially rolling out Hoptropolis on the 22nd of this month. Very good. Awesome. That's great beer. Well, now let's find out what's happening in the news. What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Okay, so there's been a lot of speculation about where and when the next Shelton Fest will be. Well, the Shelton Brothers have announced that Shelton Fest 2018 will be held in Denver, Colorado, October 19th and 20th. This was announced on their Facebook page this week, and uh, no other immediate details other than the tickets will go on sale soon. So this is exactly a month after the Great American Beer Festival, so I kind of wonder, Tim, I'm... That was an interesting decision to have Shelton Fest there, right? Uh, you know, right after GABF. So, it it could be if you're in Denver, it could be great if you're a beer drinker, but just a brutal punishment if you're a brewer or a bar owner there. Any kind of exhibitor at that thing, it's going to be oh, we got to go back, we got to pack up, and like let's just stay there for the whole month. Right? Would you guys want to do two festivals of that scope? Within a month of each other. Well, it is Denver, so that's that's a positive. But yeah, that's right. tough. It is <laughs> tough. Yeah. So, uh, no doubt, be a great time. They're both excellent festivals, GABF and Shelton Fest. Really oh, I would cool love events. it if I lived in Colorado because I just yeah, yeah so it'd be great. Just, You're not going to just go camp for a month then. Huh? No, no. I, okay. I I have things to do, Tim. Believe yeah, it or not, that's what they say. It doesn't so. seem like it, but I do. So where would our news be without some amusing cease and desist stories? So the probably the hottest story of the week is Jean-Claude Van Damme sending a cease and desist order to a brewery over their beer name. The brewery is Craft House in Nevada, and the beer is a Belgian golden strong ale named Jean-Claude. So the brewery's been making it for the past four years, and the can art clearly depicts Jean-Claude Van Damme doing the splits and kicking two vans at the same time. The brewers claim that the beer is actually named after their van, which was notorious for breaking down all the time when they were touring around the uh, the state and the U.S., I guess. And that's the reason there's a van on the can. But the van is called Jean-Claude Darn Van, and that's a radio edit. Uh, so obviously the van was named after the actor. So they named the beer after the van and then the van after the actor. So it's like, yeah, you're still kind of naming it after the actor. 
I'm not even sure I followed that story even after you saying it's all confusing, that. It's confusing, so, right? Yeah. So they, uh, they named it after the van. That's their official story. But they have changed the name of the beer. So it's now not that Jean-Claude. And they hope that the actor will one day drop by <laughs> try and try the beer. Out. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that's great. Website Visual Capitalist has mapped the price of beer around the world based on 48 major cities spanning the globe. Unfortunately, Atlanta was not included, but the most expensive place in the world. Do you know what place that is, Tim? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. It is Dubai, and they're paying $12 a pint. And uh, it's kind of an exclusive luxury good because it's really only legal for expats and non-Muslims to drink it. So it's... It gets spendy. It's, it's an it's interesting thing upon. over there. Yeah. We actually have a friend that lived in Dubai for a while yeah. and worked in the oil and gas industry there, and he said that it was very interesting the way it was set up with the alcohol consumption. Of oh that, yeah, so. it's it's very unusual. Uh, the least expensive is Manila, and they're paying a buck fifty a pint. But the most interesting, I think, is Prague in the Czech Republic. They drink the most. They're paying a buck sixty a pint, and supposedly beer is cheaper than water in some restaurants over there. So the okay. worldwide average five seventy. 570? Okay. What kind of beers are they studying? Just whatever the... I think it's everything. So they were talking about San Miguel in uh, Manila. Uh, I'm not sure about the other places. I'm assuming they're just, you know, your run-of-the-mill lagers and such. But anything, you know, whatever the average price of a beer is. Very cool. And from the I Can't Even desk, we have a new non-alcoholic brewery opening in Stanford, Connecticut. They opened in May. They're doing non-alcoholic beers. They have two beers. They've got a Run Wild IPA, an Upside Dawn... Uh, golden ale, and I, I don't even know what to make of it. In that case, we're just going to take a break. You're listening to Beer Guys Radio Show, and we'll be back right after this. If you love wild, sour, and barrel-aged beers, be sure to check out the amazing offerings from Sweetwater's Woodlands, the Atlanta Brewery's barrel-aging facility. For the serious craft beer fan, the Woodlands Circle Beer Club offers members six unique exclusive bottles plus other great perks. Series 2 is starting soon with more creative offerings from Cellarman Nick B. Visit the Woodlands in Atlanta, Georgia, follow Sweetwater Brew on social media, or get more information and sign up at sweetwaterbrew.com club. That's sweetwaterbrew.com club. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their taproom in Marietta to taste and see. Also, visit their barrel room with an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our picture Victor? now back to the beer guys radio show and welcome back to beer guys radio show for more great craft beer info visit us on the web at beerguysradio.com we're back with new realm brewing company talking with carrie falcone and mitch Steele. gentlemen i think uh, the last time we talked to you we had uh, the the three of you together the three amigos you and bob powers who right. couldn't join us tonight at the atlanta cascade tasting in 2017 when you're first coming to Atlanta, get things going. So 
Any new developments since then? Anything changed? Well, um, we've opened. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a fun event, and, and yeah. we were still just getting ready to start building our place, and yeah, a lot, a lot has happened. Right on the front end of it there, I think we talked to you, just coming in here, and uh, a heck of a year, huh? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, uh, you know, I was looking just kind of retrospectively today because my wife is here tonight and, and she hadn't been here in a while. And I was just thinking about how much it changed. And, and oh, sure. yeah, it's just an incredible, you know, when you take a step back and look at it from that angle. Yeah, you blink and you miss it here lately. Yeah. With everything going, so. <laughs> so you've been open for six months. I mean, did you have any idea you'd be growing as quickly as you are currently? No, it took us all by surprise, you know, how, how quickly our, our beers took off and, you know, how well, you know, they've been received and everything. So, you know, you try to be prepared for that kind of stuff. We scrambled a lot trying to make enough beer in the first few months and, you know, hired a lot of people and, and really got brewing a lot more than what we anticipated. But, you know, it's been fun. Yeah, I, I think you covered it a little bit there, you know, about uh, brewing and the challenges of that. But what are some of the challenges you face when you grow a lot faster than you anticipate out of the gate? Well, you know, I mean, like most brewers, you got to make sure you have your hops contracted, right? And that, that was that was the biggest scary point, you know, but uh, I, you know, we did okay there. Making sure you have the staff, you're not burning out your brewing team. That was a big deal because, you know, there were about two months where the whole team was working 12-hour days, five to six days a week, and, and they were getting tired, you know. It's, it's hard work to brew beer. And, you know, and, and we finally got to take the foot off the pedal for a little bit. And now they're, you know, in a real good spot. But, uh, you know, it took us a while to gear, you know, staff up for this kind of volume. That's Brian and I helped out brewing some batches of beer because we wanted to open a brewery. And we brewed and we saw what horribly hard work it is, hot, sweaty work. So, oh, yeah. so now we have a radio show. Yeah, perfect. There, so we did we'll just that. talk about it and drink it. So yeah. you said 12-hour shifts. Did you have basically 12-hour shift back-to-back, like 24 hours a day, or did you just 12 hours a day? No, it was more like 12 hours a day. So, okay. um, you know, I, I really, I've come from breweries where we were working 24-7, and I just kind of made a commitment to myself and to our team that we weren't going to do that here but you know when we had to when we had to really start cranking it up we were working six seven days a week uh but i don't want to do overnight shifts that's so hard on everybody and sure we just said you know what we're not going to do that we're not going to kill our team you know to do this we can make it through this just working here during the day and that can be a tough balance for a business if you see the growth opportunity there you want to do as much as you can to take advantage of it while you can but like you said you can't burn people out or you're gonna you're lose all that you've gained from doing that and that's when mistakes happen too you know yeah when people get really tired yeah it's uh it's just not a good combination so we we were able to work through it and everybody you know powered through it and and worked like champs and and now we're we're kind of in more of a steady state and and people are you know enjoying it i know carrie i think you'd mentioned uh it was you or maybe someone else. Some of the online conversations have been had. There were people commenting about getting new styles. And you, you were, Mitch, I guess is maybe a question for both of you, but you were working so hard to keep up with your core styles that you couldn't do a lot yeah. right with new stuff and experimentals. I think that's another challenge that we faced. I mean, we are capacity constrained uh, from a tank perspective, but we're also space constrained. And because of that, when our brand started to do well, uh, variety suffered a little bit. So at one point we had to sort of pull back and focus on the core brands 
but we've gotten to a point now where we're able to, we brought some new tanks in, so we, you can see right out the, this right there, huh? here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we have four 60 barrel tanks that we recently brought in, and that's really helped us from uh, a brewing perspective where we're able to get a lot more variety out there. And that was some, I think, Kerry, you told me you'd plan to bring those tanks in way down the road and had to get them much sooner than you anticipated, correct? We did. We had to pull them forward. So, you know, speaking of gear out there in the brew house, it's a pretty impressive setup. We did a tour before, uh, going back a few months, I believe. Great stuff. You had the thing that, that sticks in, in my mind is you have some sort of a automated hop edition thing going on in the brew house, and I, I don't remember exactly what that's about, but I'd actually like to <laughs> revisit that and hear more about it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a fairly common thing in automated brew houses, and our brew houses is the only part of this whole brewery that's, that's automated, but they're called hop dosers, and they are basically sealed canisters where our brewers can put the hops in based on what we're brewing and, and put the right amount of hops in. And then the recipe in the automation system, uh, while we're do- doing the kettle boil, will run wort through those those canisters and dissolve the hops and get them into the kettle where they go through the boil process. And uh, it, it's really nice because our brewers... We don't have to open the manway door on the kettle, which can be dangerous. You know, that's that's how burns happen and things like that. So uh, and and they can weigh out the hops at any time and put them in the dosers and they don't have to be there at a very specific time during the boil to add the hops. So they can preload the dosers uh, and then go off and clean a fermenter or do something else. And and while the boil's going on and the hops are getting metered into the kettle. So it's a, it's a nice way to do it. A lot of the big brewers have done this. Um, when we had the uh, opportunity to put these in, we, we kind of latched onto it uh, because it does make life easier for whoever is brewing on the system. See, here in Georgia, we don't have a lot of big breweries to look at this kind of stuff. You know, we're just, <laughs> we're just getting into that, that, we're into that new realm of big breweries here. So Yeah, it is modern. I, you know, that's, uh, it's a modern technique, but it's, it's pretty cool. And I think our brewers, uh, I know I appreciate it, and I know the rest of our team does too. Now, one thing I've seen a lot of people talking about, especially with the, the new haze craze, and we'll talk about the haze craze soon, Mitch, because okay. we know it's a hot topic for you there. <laughs> but, uh, but with that, uh, you see a lot of discussions about consistency from batch to batch. And, uh, you know, with these hazy beers, they may be very good or tasty if you like that style from batch to batch, but there can be a lot of variation in that. So a system like what you have with the automation and, and metering and that, does that help you to be able to consistently repeat your beers? Absolutely. It's it's amazing. Um, I'm very happy with this brew house. Uh, the, the consistency of the work coming off, and we have a lab where we're measuring IBUs and color and and pH and all, all the things you need to measure as a brewer uh, running a quality lab. We're able to monitor all this stuff, and it is coming off the brew house very consistently, which is Great. I mean, when you when you have different brewers brewing batches of beer and you've got a manual system, they kind of develop their own tricks on how to get the, the wort through the system. And sometimes that can lead to some variation. And with this system, it doesn't happen. So it's it's really, 
really a nice benefit. I saw, uh, I think it was probably a new piece of lab equipment in your office that you posted, but it looked like a guitar and an amp. So, <laughs> yeah. is that lab equipment? or <laughs> That is quality equipment, that's quality for sure. Equipment, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I do my best thinking. Exactly. <laughs> you ever just lock the door and jam out in there? And Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Sure. Good stuff. So, so, speaking of the consistency, uh, how much variation do you get from the ingredients themselves? You can have it all dialed in with your hops, but alpha acids change from year to year. But, I mean, you got the big contracts, you got a big bunch, and they all should be about the same. But is that something you have to make adjustments for as you're going through the year or annually, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. And and for us, it was more than annually because, you know, when we were talking about the growth and everything, we, we had to contract more hops, and there are different lots. So, you know, we had to make some adjustments based on taste and based on alpha acids. So it's it's just what you do as a brewer. It's it's no big deal, but it's the kind of stuff you deal with, you know. And, and when you start bringing in hops from another supplier or another crop year or whatever, you've got to make some adjustments. And you make the easy math adjustments based on alpha acids, and then you taste and and make adjustments from taste. That's what I always wondered how big of a deal it was if you just took all your scientific measurements and made the adjustments from there and... Then uh, taste it and make sure you're in there, right? Yeah, you got to taste. Awesome. If, you do, if you don't taste and analyze it by taste, you're missing a big part of the equation. Gotcha. Well, we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we will be back right after this. It's Aaron and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock and Alpharetta are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Aaron. See, they've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks daily, so that way you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and coming soon to Duluth in 2018. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the Beer Guys sent you. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show we want to give a shout out to one of our great radio affiliates wqee 99.1 fm in noonan georgia catch beer guys radio on wqee every saturday at 10 a.m eastern now let's hear more from new realm brewing companies carrie falcone and mitch Steele. Guys, thanks again for joining us, sharing your beers. We're having a good time chatting with you here today and drinking your beers. Thank you for being here. Good stuff, absolutely. So we want to talk about Virginia. Can we talk about Virginia? Sure. Can we go there? So you made big news recently. The the beer world was a buzz. So Green Flash Brewing, I think, as most beer people know, they uh, closed down a a facility in Virginia Beach that was either right at or just under a year old. So. Uh, you purchase a brewing equipment initially, and uh, of course, when someone goes out of business, there's some deals to be had. So that was not an intention or a plan. It just came available, and you took advantage of that, correct? Yeah, it wasn't really something that we had planned to do. Uh, the reality of the situation was that you know, we were becoming 
tank constrained here. Uh, we're also space constrained. So we did order some additional equipment and put four additional tanks on the floor, but the reality is we're also out of space. So while all of this was going on and we were running out of space and capacity, we started thinking about a production facility. And about the same time, this became available. And while it's incredibly unfortunate for uh, Green Flash, it was a great deal for us. And we got it at literally pennies on the dollar. Um, we never wanted to contract brew, and we always wanted to stay in the southeast. And we've got a philosophy that we won't ship beer into any state that we don't brew in. So the fact that it was close to us, uh, it was incredibly inexpensive, and it had really good equipment, a fantastic layout. Uh, and after Mitch looked at it and made the decision that we could definitely produce the same quality of beer in that facility that we do here, it's something that was just incredibly attractive for us. And that's and after you purchased the equipment, it wasn't part of the initial deal, but you worked out a deal on the facility there as well. Got a lease on that to actually put a facility in Virginia Beach. We did, and the facility is only about a year and a half old. It's a beautiful facility on nine acres. Um, it's just shy of sixty thousand square feet. Uh, it's capable of producing sixty or forty thousand barrels out of there. So, uh, yeah, we were able to not just buy the equipment, but we got a great deal in, in terms of a long-term lease, which will keep us in that facility for a long time. And it, may, it makes sense if you have all the equipment. I mean, you could bring it back down here, then you have to find a place. Why not set up a lease where it's already set up, and then you don't have to, you don't have to mess around with it. You can get, get going faster, right? I mean, Absolutely. it just makes sense. So speaking of getting going faster, what, uh, when do you plan to have that up and running? We're in the process of permitting right now. We've submitted for federal, state, and local. Uh, we think we're just a couple of weeks out. So once that happens, we'll be able to get in there and CIP the tanks, and Mitchell start shipping ingredients in, and we hope to be brewing in there by August 1st. So this was wow. really kind of turnkey when you got it. I mean, nothing had been torn out or torn apart or moved away, correct? That's right. Yeah, they okay. were brewing in there probably, I don't yeah. know, three months ago. Well, they were yeah, they were brewing in there the week before they closed, yeah. and and so it's it's ready to go. It's it's a, just a matter of getting the ingredients in there and setting up the recipes and and starting to starting to brew. That might be a record for a new brewery opening. So, like, I think right so, there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And they already had a tap room too. Am I am I correct on that? Because I think it was a pretty lavish uh, facility, right? They do. They've got a beautiful beer garden and a, a wonderful tap room, and we're, we're excited to get in there and start brewing and be able to serve our beers on site as well as in the Virginia Beach community. Are there plans to do entirely different things at Virginia Beach? Because I know you mentioned it had to do with capacity, and that will Atlanta focus on certain things and Virginia Beach focus on certain things? Yeah, I'll let Mitch speak to this, but I, just in general, I think, you know, this will end up being a production facility, and then we can take Atlanta, and this becomes sort of an innovation center, and it really frees Mitch up to be able to get creative here. And we had mentioned earlier that because we were tank-constrained here, it really limited the amount of different beers that we could be bringing out, but this will really open us up and allow us to get really creative here. Mitch, have you considered going all non-alcoholic with the Virginia <laughs> yeah. Beach Brewery? Well, that boy, that's an interesting concept, and no, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, my last suggestion at Atlanta Cascale Tasting was to not brew an IPA here, just throw everybody off. So I'm just full of great suggestions for your brewery. So. Make a note of that. Yeah, right. it's yeah. Uh, no, Carrie's right. I, you know, this was an opportunity for us to, you know, to 
open up the Atlanta brewery to brew some really cool beers. And, and, you know, one of the things that we do here is all of our brewers have the opportunity to create their own recipes and, and do their own thing. And all they have to do is show me the recipe and tell me why they think it's going to be a cool beer. And if we can find a slot on the schedule, we brew it. And hopefully we can do a lot more of that because we've got really talented people on our team. So what are the challenges that you face operating a brewery here in Georgia and at the same time opening a new facility in in Virginia? Uh, from a brewing standpoint, you know, when it, if we do decide to do some some overlapping beers, it's going to be flavor matching. Uh, we haven't quite come to that you know, final decision yet of what beers we're going to be brewing in each location. But uh, the flavor matching piece is probably going to be the biggest challenge. I think, you know, splitting time between between both facilities, uh, both breweries is going to be a, a bit of a challenge. But on the other hand, you know, I'm a big believer in in bringing on very high quality people uh, to to brew the beer. And we've got a great team here and we've got uh, the beginnings of a great team in Virginia Beach. So I'm I'm confident that we'll be OK on that front. Now, will the local beer laws here doing this, will the local beer laws make you change anything about how you operate in terms of, you know, making beer here or doing business in Georgia now that you've got the other facility happening? Or is it going to be, are there any barriers in that regard? I, you know, I don't see any. I carry it. Yeah, we're, we're able to brew in both facilities and ship beer back and forth between the two. So I, I think this will really put us in a position where, you know, we won't be capacity constrained anymore and we'll have the freedom to brew a lot of different beers. And I think as a result, both markets will see a, a lot of creative beers outside of some of the core items that we're currently doing. Very cool. Awesome. Now, you also have a facility or a building, I should say, in Charlotte that uh, the news is out there on, on that. But there's been no talk about what's going to be done with it. Are there any plans for that yet or anything you can share about Charlotte? Yeah, this was a this was a building that we had looked at for a long time and we always wanted to be in this building and we took a run at it a long time ago and it didn't pan out. Uh, it did become available and we got a great deal on that as well. Uh, the long term plan was that Virginia Beach would be a production facility. Uh, Atlanta would be an in innovation facility and long term we envision Charlotte being a Sours program. Uh, and that'll allow us to produce a lot of really cool and different style beers uh, that we can share between the three facilities. You know, we really didn't want to do a Sours program in any of our existing facilities, really fear contamination. Sure. So this gives us the freedom to do that. But right now, you know, we're really focused on, uh, on Atlanta and getting Virginia Beach up and running. And once we feel comfortable with both of those facilities, that's something we could look at down the road. So any kind of target at this point when you'd like to get that going or just based on what happens with the other locations? So the real plan was to get Atlanta where we felt comfortable and then move into a sours program and be able to ship sour beers into Atlanta and the traditional beers that we're producing here into the Charlotte market as well. Um, however, when we became capacity constrained here and then we got such a great deal on that, we ended up sort of putting that on hold. We want to make sure that we get Virginia Beach up and running and stable. Once that happens, um, in terms of Charlotte, we have rezoned that building. Um, we had an art, a local architect finish the plans on it. So we're re really ready to go when we feel that 
you know, we'll have the focus to do that. Okay. So, you know, if, if the whole brewing beer thing doesn't work out, you can look into getting your own TV show where you flip breweries because you get great deals on breweries. <laughs> I think you can make a ton of money just <laughs> flipping these breweries. Just the fixer-upper brewery yeah, exactly. program. Exactly. Build it up so. and then sell it, you know. It's, That's a TV show, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> There's so, so much opportunity, right? <laughs> There's so, no flipping absolutely. going on here. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> well, Mitch, we're about to run up to another break, but when we come back, we want to talk to you a little bit about your book and about IPAs and okay. some things going on in the IPA game there. So cool. uh, lots of fun things happening. Lots of haze out there right now, Mitch. <laughs> yes, tons there is. Tons of haze, but <laughs> the future is hazy. The future is hazy, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we will be back with more from New Realm Brewing Company right after this. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their taproom in Marietta to taste and see. Also, visit their barrel room with an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Are you thinking about opening a brewery in the Atlanta area? If so, take a look at the park at Georgetown. This unique community will feature a collection of restaurants as well as a craft brewery located within the new JW Homes luxury development, Dunwoody Green. Conveniently located less than half a mile from I-285, this enclave of restaurants will be the gathering place in Dunwoody. Crimin Associates, the developer of the park at Georgetown, wants to talk to you. For more information, call Stephen St. Paul at 404-256-2960, extension 5. That's 404-256-2960, extension 5. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram you passed out cigarettes for a smoke song on earth day you installed speed bumps on the handicap ramp and most recently you dumped a hundred pounds of meat on a peaceful vegan protest oh come on that was way more than a hundred pounds now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show make sure to follow us on the socials beer guys radio on facebook twitter and instagram we're broadcasting from new realm brewing company in atlanta georgia Talking to CEO and co-founder Kerry Falcone and COO, brewmaster, and co-founder Mitch Steele. Guys, we're enjoying your beers. We're talking about so many topics today. We're talking to the extremely tall and dashingly handsome Kerry Falcone today. So You're so perceptive. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> Mitch. Paying attention here. Now, Mitch, I wanted to mention a little bit, uh, you wrote the book on IPAs. I did. A few, a few years yes. back. So your book was Brewing Techniques, Recipes, and the Evolution of the Indi- of India Ale. So... Six years since you wrote that, correct? Yeah, six years. Unbelievable. So, so Lots talk, changed. Talk about <laughs> evolution. So if you rewrote that today, are there, how many chapters would you have to add? I, I would add at least three or four more, right. I think. Um, you know, it was interesting because, uh, you know, like everything in craft uh, beer, things change very quickly. And I, I don't think I could have predicted where IPA has gone in the past few years. I, I don't think anybody could have. Right. You may have cried yourself to sleep a little bit if you'd made some of the prediction of what they've done with it, right? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, it's all, you know, as long as we don't lose the the stuff that got us here you know right. that that's really my my whole thing with what's going on with IPA right now is is there's something about west coast IPA and american IPA that we don't want to lose sure. um and and 
as things change, you know, that's what happens. And uh, sometimes, you know, you risk losing beer styles that, you know, that are fantastic, and then they just kind of fade into obscurity. And I think, you know, we're kind of seeing that with pale ale right now, right? Right. And I, I, I don't like it, you know, because American pale ale is what made American craft beer. And, um, you know, in certain regions of the country, you can't even find them anymore. And I think that's just a shame. And I think that, you know, talking of the West Coast style, we are seeing beer drinkers now that are like, hey, stop making all these these hazy tropical beers, you know, that's uh, bring, give me another new West Coast IPA. Bring me that bitterness back. So. Yeah. I, you know, and I think there's room for all of it. You know, I just, uh, you know, and I hope people look at it that way. So do you have any predictions for what are we looking at in terms of trends coming up? Are we going to? I mean, are we going to be starting seeing more glitter? Maybe more <laughs> milkshake? You know, more, I, more lactose, more glitter, right? I, I have veto power on our beers here, and uh, I, I have vetoed glitter. Uh, yes. I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you've got brewed IPA now coming out of, out of the Bay Area, and we, yes. we brewed one of those that we just uh, put into kegs today. Okay. I That's... think I think we're the first brewer in Georgia to do one of those. Did that make it to the taps yet? Or it has it... not. Okay. It I... has not. We're very curious about that style. <laughs> yes. We've been reading up on it as yeah. well. Yeah. So. And I don't know if ours is representative of the right. style because I've never tasted one, but I did do some reading and I talked to some brewers out in California who had been making a bunch of them and I, I took some things back with me and, and we tried it. And it's it's a very interesting beer. It's uh, you know, it's like 14 degrees Play-Doh at the start, and it finished at 8% alcohol. I mean, it's just nuts how dry it is. Yeah. That's fun. And, you know, just like you said, we were talking about the refinement of the Northeast IPA, and you're like, you said you don't know how true your brood is to the style. That's so common when a new style starts moving across the country. You know, a lot of the Northeast IPAs that came to Atlanta were kind of hybrid. They were bitter, and they were tropical, and this and that. And I'm like, this isn't really a Northeast IPA, but they were they still sold like crazy. So yeah. It still it's, very popular. Well, you know. It's all about new in, in yeah. this business, you know, and, and doing something that's, that's new and, and, and people latch onto that. Well, guys, we've talked generally, I think, about your beers in, in a little bit of all of this. And what am I sipping right now here, Kerry, this, this beautiful looking beer? This is Hoptropolis. This is Hoptropolis. When Mitch's uh, signature IPA was yes. Hoplandia. Yes. And it's doing very well. Uh, this is a beer that we initially did on site. Uh, Mitch has made some tweaks to it over time. Uh, but it's done very, very well, and we, we see this growing quickly, and it's, you know, it's one of our top three beers right now, and given its trend, we could see it being one of our top Come selling beers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I'm a fan of Radagast, the, the big triple IPA that you guys started off with. Is there any chance of that comp making a return at some point, or was that a one-and-done type of deal? No, I think that's something we want, we'd like to brew again. We're not going to do it often, but maybe, maybe once a year kind of deal. Uh, we liked it a lot too. I, you know, I think a triple IPA is a really, really fun beer to brew and and to drink. And it's a, it's not a great summer beer, but it's a good, good wintertime beer. Yeah, that one's a little boozy. That one actually, <laughs> not a lot of beer. I didn't expect it the first time I had it. You know, I had a pour of it here at the uh, at the brewery, and I'm like, that that gets you. You know, you know that one means business. That was so. our grand opening beer. Yes. That was definitely <laughs> yeah. a big beer. We put it in a 750 milliliter mag. Uh, yes, we had you it did. on draft in some 16 ounce four packs. Uh, we sold all of them, and when they were gone, they were gone. And I think it might still be your highest-rated beer on Untapped. It might be. I'm not 100% really? sure on that. Yeah, I believe it nice. is. I believe it is. That's, that was a really good beer. We're six months away from our one-year anniversary, so who knows? Now, see, that's, oh, there we go. When I came up for the grand opening, and I got one of the 750s of the Ratty Gas, and I think you told me to drink this fresh, you know, enjoy it and that, and I ignored you. I put it in the cellar and held <laughs> on to it. So if I drink that big, boozy 
you know, triple IPA right now, six months after, what what am I going to expect out of that, Mitch? Uh, it's evolving into a hoppy barley wine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, figured, I, I figured we were heading towards barley wine about there. Absolutely. I bet it'll still be good, though. Yeah. Now, Hang on to that. Don't open it. Right. Just keep holding on. Now that you've went this far, yeah. just keep holding Give it on. Give another so, couple right? years. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> now, Mitch... I know from uh, you know following some on Facebook and different conversations that, way, and we've talked a little bit about these hazy beers. You personally are not a big fan of this style. Is this correct? No, I don't. I don't think that's correct. Actually, okay. I, I, I've been kind of on the fence about them. Okay. Uh, I've never been a negative guy about them. I I did put out on Facebook one time that maybe they should be called something other than IPA, and that was purely an intellectual kind of conversation. It wasn't emotional, but you know, you look at how these beers are brewed, and the only thing they really have in common with India Pale Ale is that they're dry hopped. And everything else is a complete departure. And I, I, I was like, these beers are real, but maybe maybe they deserve their own style name, you know. And and I, I probably didn't word that the way I intended it to and, and the way it should have been worded. And people really took offense to it. And sure. I was like, no, that's not what I meant. I mean, I was trying to give credibility to this as a, as a beer style. And it doesn't need to be an IPA. It's it's different, but you know that ship sailed. It's you know the the BA has recognized it as a subset of IPA, and that's that's well and good. So um, I'm intrigued by the style from a brewing perspective, and from just from a, being a technical brewer and a curious brewer, I'm intrigued by them. Uh, I've had so many bad ones that I was a little tentative about them to begin with, but you know now as people are you know like you said, people are starting to perfect them. Uh, they're enjoyable. They're really different, and and they're really kind of fun to drink. So, what are your thoughts on the triple milkshake uh, smoothie IPA? Yeah, that's where you lose me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some other brews that you guys have on deck that uh, we can expect to see coming from New Realms? So, we talked about the Brute IPA. Uh, we we've been doing um, some some really nice German style lagers. Uh, we've got a big batch of our Dunkel that's coming off. Um, we've got a beer that just went on tap today. Uh, a we're calling it Belga Rosé. It's got uh, hibiscus in it, and it's bright pink in color and very refreshing. Uh, we took a crack at brewing a couple of Berliner Weisses as well. Okay. Uh, we had a grapefruit one, uh, a small five-barrel batch on a few weeks ago, and we're getting ready to keg up a, uh, a Berliner Weisse that has uh, dry hopped with lemon drop hops and lemon peel in it that is tasting absolutely marvelous. So, you know, we're getting out there. We're getting, we're getting into some fun stuff. Very cool. Now, we want to talk some... But the restaurant side of things, too, because you were the first brewery in Georgia to take advantage of the new laws that allows a production brewery by letter of the law or permit or however you want to say it to have a restaurant. So you did that. And uh, some great food here. I've enjoyed this. And, Carrie, we talked before your opening, and I could tell you were very passionate about that side of things as well, coming from the kitchen. So what's, uh, what's your goal with the kitchen? What's your goal with your menu here? You know, we look at this building and we sort of divide it in half, and half of the building is the brewery, and the other half is the culinary experience. And to us, you know, that's a sampling opportunity. It's a great opportunity for us to to bring people in and let them taste our beers in a controlled environment where we have great food and great beer, and we make sure their glasses are clean and the beer is cold and the food is warm. Um, So, you know, for us, it's, you know, we're a brewery. We're not a restaurant. Right. Uh, But we really enjoy the opportunity to pair our beer with food, you know, I always jokingly say that we have an amazing chef. Chef Julio is a fantastic chef, and he's convinced that everybody here is showing up for the food. And of Mitch course. is convinced that everybody's showing up for the beer. And it's sort of this friendly competition <laughs> that we have here. Win-win. Yeah, At absolutely. least they're showing up, right? <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. 
Guys, if folks want to keep up with everything that's going on right here at New Realm Brewing Company, what is the best way for them to do that? Oh, probably our Instagram page. Uh, we we have an Inst- we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, I think uh, we've got a, a good website that we're working on all the time and, and upgrading all the time. So, uh, you know, all of those regular avenues through social media are out there for us. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank and you for coming in, guys. Thank you. Thanks. And that about wraps us up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Williamson, Michigan's Old Nation Brewing Company. And, you know, I just realized that we're going from New Realm to Old Nation. So we're covering we're covering everything there. So <laughs> hope we don't start a turf war between these guys. Oh, no. Absolutely. So now please remember turf war. <laughs> delicious turf war. Please remember to subscribe to Beer Guys Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, and make sure to leave us a review. If you really enjoy the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. You can pledge as little as $1 or... If you give $10 per month, we're going to give you every episode of Beer Guys Radio early and commercial free. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.